You know, this is, it's about him, not about us. So, you know, I don't get, I just let our worship go till till I think God's happy. (laughs) You know, at the end of the night, I want God happy. (laughs) And I don't want to have to go to the woodshed. (laughs) So, I've been there before and it's not pleasant. So, a metanoia to everybody. Yes. The rest of you have to figure it out. (laughs) Time to change our mindset concerning everything. Time to change our mindsets of where we've been and where we're going even. Time to get rid of your preconceived ideas and all of that kind of stuff. I'll do a little commercial and then I'll get going. How's that? There's the books. There's that's done. The only thing that I want to point out about the books is we have a little basket where we have an apostolic strategy into Nigeria to print books, and we're we're set up with a national printer now to start printing books to go through all of West Africa. And so it starts in Nigeria. We're going to print 6,000, 1,000 of six different books right now. We're going to get all the books in the print over there, run them through the whole West Africa thing. We have a base in Nigeria. Uh, in Abuja and another base in a, a Curry. And so we have one in the north and one in the south. And right now there is a youth movement happening in Nigeria in the midst of all of the turmoil. And the young people are rising up and they are just fed up with the status quo, quo of Christianity there. And there literally is a revolution going on. And so we're going to feed all of those young people all of these books from feeding key leaders these books and they believe it will actually shift all of West Africa before it's done because of the influence points of the people that I'm working with. And so what's really cool about what we're doing is we are not printing books on American money and then have to raise more money and print more books. We're printing books, and it will literally, when it goes into print, it'll be so cheap over there that they'll be able to put a small fee on and they'll replenish their stock and replenish their stock and replenish their stock and literally make just a little bit to put another book in play and another book in play. And it's like a one-time shot and we'll never have to invest in it again and it'll perpetually go. So that's what we've planned because I did not want to, I do not want to keep sending American money over there to support them. It has to be supported. That's how I work in cultures, it has to be supported in their culture. So um, the other thing is we have put an app in play. It's called um, thebaseiowa.org backslash app. And so we have podcasts, we have our schools on there, we have everything on there. And if you download the app tonight and you get a notice, don't watch our meeting going on there. Stay focused in this meeting. Okay? I'll spy in on them later. That's what's nice when you have things online. You can spy in on your people and see what they're doing. So, <laughs> Did I say spy? Did I say that out loud? Okay. Check up. That sounds better, doesn't it? Check up. I trust them. I won't even look at it till I'm heading home, actually. I just trust them, and they're fine. And My wife is like, did you put anyone in charge of the meeting tonight? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. They'll figure it out. So I texted my son, and I said, I'm going to put you in charge tonight. And he goes, I figured that, so I already got it planned. 
is all okay. <laughs> so everybody, you know, you know what I'm doing on my people, I'm, I'm doing this, it's like, well, it's time for your five-minute message right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I'm putting them on the spot. Because I told them all, you better have a five-minute message in your back pocket because I'm going to start calling on every one of you. Every, every time we meet, you're going to give, someone's going to give a message. So tonight someone was giving a message, and they don't know who it was till we put the mic in front of them. I think that's called ready in season and out. So last night I talked about metanoia. I talked about repent, the word repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Metanoia for the realms of heaven are so close you can touch them. Change your mindset because those realms are right here tonight. And tonight I want, to, I want to start talking about what the realms of heaven really are. What are those realms that we enter into? And even tonight we've entered into some of those realms and maybe weren't even aware that we entered into them. And I want to make us have more of an eternal spiritual awareness of what we are actually doing as Christians. When we meet, when we gather, when we, we, we come here. And, and, you know, I told you I was on this journey and the Lord told me to put the word... Um, realm into the word where the word kingdom was i want to give you a definition of the word realm since we're going to talk about realms tonight it actually the definition means a kingdom isn't that amazing but it means a sovereign state or a field of of domain or activity so it's it's an active place it is not something stagnant and I think we use the term kingdom and we almost have a stagnant thinking about kingdom at times. But it's an activity and it goes on to mean kingly authority where spiritual interests are supreme, where rival spiritual activities go on, where great forces are at work, where there is a constitution, a system, an organization that is suitable to the purpose. That's a lot of definition, isn't it? Are you big in the definitions? They, they explain a lot of things. So when we say that there is a realm, it is not so much a location we're going to as a state of being we're entering into. It's a function that we are, are doing. It is, a, it is literally, I love what it says, where, where spiritual interests are supreme. My interests disappear by thinking about uh, how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to approach it goes away, and I'm thinking about how does God want to approach this? What does God want to do with this? So last night I talked about that we came into these things, and I, I looked at these scriptures, and I'm just going to read them, and I'm going to read them with the word realm instead of the word kingdom so you get an understanding of it. John 3.3, 3, he says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the realms of God. John 5, uh, 3, 5, it says, if you're not born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the realms of God. He says it again. Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, metanoia, for the realm of heaven is at hand. Colossians 1, 13, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the realm of his dear Son. That's why you're seated in heavenly places. You've already been translated. It doesn't, it's not happening when you die. It's already happening right now. 
And we need to have that awareness that we are seated with Christ right now tonight in heavenly places. So if I'm seated there, then what, what can happen is anything can happen. I had, a, who's, who's the parent of Bryce Yoder? Where were you at? Oh, yes. He came up and gave me a prophetic picture, wrote out a prophetic word that is so accurate. It's probably one of the most accurate things I've been handed in probably a year. So, man, I mean, unbelievable. And it just, it touched me. I mean, man, you need to steward that legacy. You know, you need to steward, man. You know there's something on our kids right now. In case you didn't know, I'll just tell you there is. There's young kids prophesying. There's young kids doing things. You know, if you want to know, a, understand what a child, uh, a child move is, a child move of God is, just... Type in childhood uh, prophets, child prophets of France on Google, and it'll pull up a whole, a whole storyline of the prophets of France that were children that prophesied in their cribs, stood and prophesied to the nation. Many of them were thought to be crazy. Some of these kids were 10 years old, and they were putting them in jail thinking that they were, they were nuts. And they said that you can put us in prison. There's more of us rising up. I mean, they had more boldness than we do. And they were prophesying outside of their language. They were prophesying into their native, not just their, their little village language, but they were prophesying in other languages to people. And they were talking about go to war and this isn't going to happen to you. I mean, they, it was amazing what God was doing with children. And I tell you, if we don't get out of the way, a little child will lead us. You know, because we got to have childlike faith and step in. He says in Colossians 1.13, he's translated us into the realms of his son. Matthew 5.10, he says, for theirs is the realms of heaven. In Luke 22.29, and here's the one that I really like. He says, I appoint unto you a realm as my father has appointed unto me. He's appointed a realm to you. He's appointed a destination and a state of being and an activity. He's appointed all of that to you. And this was what began this whole paradigm shift in my mind as I started reading these scriptures. And I encourage you just to go back and do it yourself. It changed my entire thinking about how I'm, I'm, I'm seeing myself not just living here and trying to do some things that I've been taught, but try to move into a greater state of being and living in another place. And we need to, we need to step into this and not, not step away from it and step into it and let, and let God just start to begin to unfold that to us because this is where he wants to take us as the church is into a higher level of understanding of who we are and what we can tap into. I mean, are you tired of living substandard? I'm really, I'm really wore out with it. It's what's wearing us out, folks. We're wearing ourselves out because we refuse to go to a higher plateau of thinking and a higher degree of pressing in, and a higher level of faith, and all of that. So I'm going to only talk, there's the realms, if you look at it in Scripture, you have the word kingdom means basilia, and it means that there's, when you see, diff, you see four different people being talked to, you see realms of God, realms of heaven, realms of the Father, and realms of the Son. And you see that through the Gospels, and you see it in the writings, and each one is talking to a different grouping of people, that one was to the Jews, one was to everybody, one was to the believers, another was to the believers. 
And so it's different groupings of people, but God was trying to reach everybody to say that you have a place, and some of you have more privilege than others if you know him. And, and it's like, you can access what they have privilege to. Don't you see what they're having privilege to? Don't you see what they're accessing? And people were jealous and wanted to access those realms that the early church was accessing. And so evangelism was very easy for them to do because they were living the faith and accessing into the things that they had access to. You see, our faith today and sharing our faith is very hard because we're not living in the realms that we're supposed to be living in. We're, we're not accessing what's been made available to us. So we're trying to convince people with a lot of words instead of them busting our doors down saying, I got to have what you got. See, so it's, it's basically on us to step our game up and move to a higher level in God. And, that, and this is what started taking me into this. And so, you know, I'll just read some scriptures. Ephesians 1.3, he's blessed us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's where your blessing is tonight, is in heavenly places. Ephesians 1.3, Ephesians 2.6, we're seated together in heavenly places. Romans 8.6, and to be spiritually minded. That's what I talked about last night, of changing our mindsets. Uh, Galatians 5.16, he says, walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18, he says, pray in the Spirit. And in Revelation 1.10, John said, I was in the Spirit. So you see, it's like there is a spiritual place that we're supposed to be living from or living in. So when we look at the thing of Revelation 1.10, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I'm going to tell you something about what it means to be in the Spirit. It doesn't mean that you speak in tongues. Because it's in the Spirit, and the word in is a word that means a fixed position in, in time or space or activity. So he had put himself into a state of being more than set here into an activity of just, you know, we can sit here tonight and just pray in tongues and pray in tongues, and it almost means nothing to us. We've lost that, that, uh, the value of what that gift really is. We've been so conditioned to it. And so he was saying, I wasn't just praying in tongues one day and something happened. He was saying, I got myself into a place and a position. And when I got in the right place, then something happened. And I was given an invitation to go through an open door and see the things that must be. And right now we're in a threshold moment of the church where we have to go through the threshold that's setting here. We have to find the things that must be in this hour that we got to have. What we've been doing is not working. We all know it. We might as well confess it and metanoia it and move on to, to the next thing and say, okay, we did this. We did what we knew. But God, there's something more you want to do at the end of the age. And this end of the age, the age, the eternal age is pressing right now into this age. Part of the pressure you feel is an eternal age pressing into this age. And it's saying this age has to conform to the age that's coming. And so that age is pressing on you. Also, the earth is pressing on you for the manifestation of the sons of God in Romans 8. So there's these pressures that we're feeling, and those pressures are for us to rise to a higher level of understanding and to a higher place and a higher plateau and to go do the things that he's called us to do. And John heard something from a spiritual realm. And so what happened is when John entered into that heavenly realm, he was in two realms at the same time. He was in a heavenly realm, and he was in an earth realm. 
His body didn't just disappear. His body was still sitting here, but he was like my spirit got taken away into a heavenly place. There was an invitation given, and I went through the door, and I saw some things. And what it did for the church is it enabled the church to embrace martyrdom in a way because the church was waning in their faith. And because John went through a door and saw some things, the church was reignited in faith again. So you see, we're in that moment of time where the whole church needs to come into a greater level of faith, be ignited in faith, but somebody's got to go through the doors that are opening for us. And that open door that John went through, when you look at it, it is a, it's not a door with a door on it. It's literally an opening that has no hinges, has no door. It's just sitting there because God's not restricting us to go through it. He's inviting us to go through it. And I don't know if I talked about thresholds when I was here last time, but what I see us doing is this. We look in and we look around and then we come back and tell people about what we saw, but we never tell people about what we experienced because we never went on in. And we tick, we put our toe in and we touch it with our toe and we go, man, that was good. I got goosebumps because I, I put my toe into the realm but we never went on into the realm ourselves like Enoch did and many of them did. And these are things that we're going to begin to access into. And the atmosphere that's coming in meetings is not just so you feel good and have a good meeting. It's so that you can go into space, places in God and realms in God and access what's needed for the things that must be that we must know for this moment of time we're living in. So in those realms, there's all kinds of things that we can actually participate in and I think sometimes we we miss the boat because we're not willing to go because here's what happens was when you go through those doorways you have to let go of something you can't carry your bags in your baggage in your problems in you know that's not what about going into realms is about it's about getting relief it's about getting God's intention for the earth it's at, at this higher plateau this higher understanding and so I've been on this journey, and, you know, I told you last night, I went into Revelation 5.12, and I was asking God, I was reading there, and I was asking God about, you know, what are the realms that we're to enter into, and he showed me that in Revelation 5, where Jesus was found worthy, he was found an estimated value of who he was, and then he said he was found worthy to receive, to take with the hand, to actually, to take and hold it in order to use it, and then we have the words that we always sing, uh, you know, worthy, uh, worthy, uh, glory, honor, praise, uh, uh, blessing, strength, wisdom, riches, power. We use those words in a lot of our songs as words of adoration, but they were not necessarily words of adoration. There were things the father transferred to the son because the son was found worthy and he gave them to the son and he said, here, take these, receive these, put them in your hand that you're going to use them. See, God isn't necessarily using your worship towards him as glory, power, honor, praise, strength. He doesn't really need those things from us. But the Father said, because you did that, I'm going to transfer these things into your hand. And so I, when God told me this, i like, okay, you have to show me patterns in Scripture where I can see this. Are these things for real? Are these things, can I actually see where... You went and these things became a part of the, of our life even today where we're actually that we are entering into strength. 
We're entering into power. We're entering into riches. We're entering into blessing. We're entering into wisdom. You know, if you were here last night, the metanoia thing, the, you, know, we, you know what that was coming from? That's coming from a realm of wisdom. That was not my wisdom. That was God's wisdom. You see, revelation is God's wisdom. So every time you have revelation, it's the, you've entered into a realm of God's wisdom. He's revealing his knowledge and its fullness to you. So when books, books are written, you know, I'm writing books. I'm writing books coming out of realms. The Breath of God book I wrote in 30 days. I locked myself away. God wrote it through me. I didn't write the book. I was just the channel. And now people read the book, they can't understand it. Then people read the book and they can't understand it. Then people read the book and they finally understand it. Then people read the book and they go, oh yeah, now I get it. What happened is, is they entered into the realm from which the book was written. Now they have understanding and they've entered into the realm of wisdom that breaks open the revelation and the knowledge. And now they can understand what was written down. And I'm amazed at what's happening with a lot of the books that I've written, how some books never took off, now suddenly they're taking off. And it was because God was having them written for a season yet to come. The season now comes upon the earth, and then it was like people entered into those realms and finally got it. We prayed tonight for healing over here. We entered the realm of power. Signs, wonders, miracles are coming out of the realm of power. The power of God. You see, all of these realms have dimensions in them. Different things that we automatically do as Christians, but we don't understand they're coming from a place in heaven. They're coming from a heavenly realm. And as, you know, is anybody in the quantum physics? The quantum physics people, all right. Do you know that there's a law in quantum physics that says that once something is found in one dimension, it no longer can stay in that dimension. It has to be brought out of that dimension and brought into the dimension from which it was found. That's a long explanation, isn't it? It's a long quantum physics law. I love quantum physics. So what that means is when I finally see something in a realm of God, it no longer can stay there. It has to come here. You see, science is beginning to prove what we should already know. So tonight we're praying for a, a, a regeneration in organs. And what needs to happen is I need to enter a realm of power and I need to see that in that realm and begin to pull that out of that realm into this realm because it can no longer exist there anymore because God had created that to regenerate what was going on. So I'm pulling it out, pulling it down and putting it here. And now it takes a, a residence here in the earth and now heaven has descended into the earth through something as simple as praying for someone. You see, it's more than I just prayed and believed and I hope it happened. It's like I know I access in because I know it's going to happen. I don't have pro proania, the probability of it happening. I have, what was my word from last night? Metanoia. I know the mind of Christ concerning what he wants to do. So when I'm praying, I'm praying in full faith, full knowledge, full understanding, accessing into the fullness. Because here's what's happening, folks. If you enter into the realms of heaven and the realms of God, there is a completeness that we're pulling from. We're not pulling from an incomplete place. We're, pu we're pulling from the fullness of all things. So that means that when I begin to pull that into this realm, I'm not pulling a portion or a little part or I'm going to have a partial healing. I'm going to have the whole thing. 
the completeness of what was intended. So when I start to do that, I'm, I'm moving in a different dimension and a different dynamic. You see, that was, it was like, you know, we pray that's like, we should be praying that everybody gets healed. You know, it's like, why are we hitting, you know, a lower batting average? Well, it's because we're not entering into a realm. We're staying in this realm. We're praying a prayer in this realm. And we never accessed into that realm to, to grab it, to see it, and to pull it into this realm. You see? So when you start looking at all of these realms, it really becomes a thing of how you're legislating. Because what you're legislating is the restoration of all things back to the original intention. You see, he has given us authority to legislate. That's why he calls us ecclesia. We are, we are setting at the gates of cities and regions, territories to legislate. We think we're legislating about injustice in the earth, and God's saying, no, I want you to legislate how these realms get opened up and what's brought into the earth from heaven that begins to redeem the earth back to the original intention. So you've, given, you've been given that authority to legislate, and then when we start legislating, what happens is God begins to bring a greater grace upon us as the church. It's one of the things that we're legislating. There is a grace to move into these realms right now. And I can tell you story after story after story after story of people that are entering in and seeing things and bringing things back and speaking to things and it's creating atmospheres, and it's creating hope, and it's creating faith, and it's giving answers, and it's doing all of these kinds of things. Because, see, we're coming into the next move that's coming is going to be a seamless grace. It's going to be a grace that is like we're moving from glory to glory to glory, which is one of the realms. It's amazing that we only think about the realm of glory. We don't think about a realm of strength. But we need a realm of strength. We need a realm of wisdom. We need a realm of power right now. And there is a grace. And once we start realizing that every one of these realms is carrying a grace with it, just like the nature of Christ, it's not just the nature of Christ, it's the grace of Christ. It's not just the fivefold functioning, it is the fivefold grace that's setting on, on those people. So when I, I wrote a book called Apostolic Life, it's, it's a living grace. It's not so much a list of functions you do. It's a grace that you engage into. It's how you live your life. And there's a grace that's setting on the church where he wants us to go not just into one particular realm, but he wants us to start accessing all of these realms. So it becomes a seamless grace. So whatever you have need of, you enter in, you grab it. Whatever you, you grab it, you grab it, you grab it. You get provision, you get riches. You get blessing, you get, you get honor, you get strength, you get wisdom. Whatever you have need of, you get it. So I started looking into these seven words that's found in Revelation 5.12. I started looking into those seven words, and I started looking into patterns of seven. You know, there's so many patterns of seven in Scripture. But I went back to David's life, and I saw the life of David. And what did David do? Seven times a day, he went into the tabernacle, and he went in before the presence of the Lord, and the Lord began to speak to me. He said, you know what my son was doing? He was accessing my realms. He needed wisdom. He was leading a nation. He needed wisdom in what he was going to do with that nation. He was, lead he was putting wisdom into his son. You know, 29 times in Proverbs, Solomon talks about his father David telling him to get wisdom above all things. 
The wisdom didn't come because it was a good idea. It came because David had accessed that realm and said, my son needs wisdom. God, so he's like, my son, get wisdom. Above all things, get wisdom. And we think it's a wisdom that's natural. What he was really saying is, there's a realm of wisdom you need to enter into and find from God. And it'll supersede the wisdom of men. And when you find the wisdom of God, guess what will happen? The kings of the earth will come to get the wisdom of God from you. They want the realm that you're carrying. You see, we're supposed to be carriers of these realms. We're supposed to be carriers of the power of God. We're supposed to be carriers of the blessing of God. We're supposed to be carriers of the strength of God. You know, we're sitting here tonight. We're talking about weariness a little bit. We're talking about people going through things. You need to access the realm of strength tonight. The realm of strength is the place of victory. The realm of strength is a place of confidence. The realm of strength is where you overcome. These different realms carry different dynamics that God has created in them. And all we got to do is step in there and begin to tap into these realms and pull them down. Tap into those things and, and bring them into the earth realm. This, is this helping you? Are you bored? Should I go home? Should I get my plane ticket? What should I do? You all right? So let me just, huh? You know what that means? Scroll. So you have a destiny upon the earth. Do you believe that? Oh, but you also have a destiny in time and eternity. And you don't have to wait for a future day to have your destiny in time and eternity. You can access time and eternity right now. You see, that's, that's, we're waiting for things that we don't need to be waiting for. And time and eternity has no time. It's like you can step into the things that are God. They are eternal. And, and it's like it's a twinkling of an eye. It's a blink. It's a thing. And it's like 10,000 years it went by for God. And it's still not even really defined that way. There is no time in eternity. You know, I was telling somebody, God told me not to have a watch. Because, you know what you do? You go buy another watch because your watch broke. My second watch broke within a day. He said, no, don't do that. You don't need a watch. Somebody bought me a watch. Watch That watch broke. It finally went through my head. I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't need to have a watch. I understand. And he said, you'll always know the time because you're on my time. And I don't have time, but you have time. I'll tell you what time it is. I can tell you the time within about three minutes. And I proved it to somebody. I don't know if that was here or somewhere else on this trip. And they said, oh, my gosh. What time is it? And I told them. And they said, you're within like three minutes of what it is. No, I'm not within three minutes. God is. See, he's, I'm on his time. I stepped into his time, not my time. So I don't need to know what time it is. You don't need to know what time it is either. So when we start talking about realms, we're talking about the nature of the Father, the character of the Father, the name of the Father. And in these realms and in these places is where you have revelation and it's where you meet people. It's where you, you remember the deja vu thing you all have experienced? You know what that is? You stepped into a realm stepped into a place where there was no time, saw something in God, stepped back out, ran into somebody, bumped into somebody, and deja vu. No, not deja vu. Realm time. I stepped into a realm and stepped back out. You know? And so it's, these realms are where, also where we end up 
hearing people's thoughts. That's scary, isn't it? I can read your mind. I can hear your thoughts. Jesus many times said, I, can, I know what you're thinking. I know your heart. I know what's going on. He was, he was in a realm where he was hearing the activity of their mind and their thinking. You see, what also happens in these realms is your body starts responding. You know how we go, oh man, the anointing, and I can't hardly stand, and I'm like a drunken sailor. You know why that is? Is it really the anointing, or did a realm from heaven come down? And your body does not know how to participate with that realm. And now it struggles, you know? That happened to me last week. I was up talking about stuff, and I reached a point I couldn't even, I was just dysfunctional. I couldn't even function anymore because it was, the weight of everything was just literally like, I couldn't, I couldn't stand under it all. What was happening was a realm entered into the room. I was carrying a realm inside of me for the people in that room. And when I released it into the room, it went through the room. It was, I'd never had experienced anything like this because it was as if, you know, you carry something first and a message goes out and it's like people grab it and a few grab it here and someone grabs it over there. But no, I, I, I released something into the room and every single person grabbed it. I was carrying something for every single person inside of me. And when it got, went out, the weight of it was so heavy, I had to let go of it. And the second I let go of it, my body was almost no, not even able to be sustained anymore. It was just like I was just in such a weakened condition. I haven't had that happen for a long time. So we respond in these realms, and things are going on in these realms. And so I want to explain to you a little bit about these realms tonight. See, there's my introduction. Not, not my first closing, no. That was my introduction. <laughs> so the first realm, and I said it last night, is this realm of honor. That's why God has been pushing honor in the church and saying you've got to honor each other and esteem each other and have a culture of honor, and you've got you to give testimonies that are honoring to God and honoring to each other. And he's been dealing with this and dealing with this about honor because he wants to open up realms to us. And honor is the thing that opens up everything because it's where your identity as a son and daughter is formed. And he's been dealing with us about sonship. He's been dealing with us about our identity. He's been dealing about our value and who we are. I mean, if you look at the pattern of what God's been dealing with, it all comes under one spot, honor. We talk about we want to see the, the glory of God, which is the kabod. And if you look at the word kabod, it actually means honor. And God wants to honor us, not just with a cloud and something. No, he wants to honor us with his honor so that we can enter into realms to open up all these realms to the earth. The honor of God that we are born and put upon the earth in this moment of time in the redemptive history of the earth is unbelievable. The privilege of this moment that we are setting in is incomprehensible to us right now. We are not just loping along, hoping something happens. We have been assigned and appointed and birthed, and he's put you, knowing who you are and what you would do, in this moment of time, for this exact moment of historical, of the whole earth and all of creation to look upon. And if you don't think that's enough honor, that is a huge honor for us. 
as the people of God. And honor is what's going to open everything. Honor is what holds your inheritance. Honor is what holds your maturity. Honor releases you. Now listen, it releases you from past rejections, lack of confidence, brokenheartedness. But see, you've got, you, you have got to not just receive the honor of God, you have to release others into the honor of God as well. You have to honor them. Spiritual fathering originates from honor. Worship. Worship is honor. Intercession is honor. The fellowship that we do before we start a service is honor. It should be honoring to God. It should be honoring to each other. It should be honoring the gifts in us. We should be talking about spiritual things. We should be seeing the glory deposit inside each of us tonight. We shouldn't be talking about the weather in this place. We shouldn't be talking about our gardens and some of that stuff. We should do that out in the parking lot. We ought to walk through that threshold door and come in here and say, I came in here to encounter a realm from God in this place. I will not defile it with worldly talk or conversation or things. I want to honor God with my life and my voice and my heart, and I'm, and I'm set myself apart the second I walk through these doors here. Now, if you want to go talk about stuff, just go out there in the lobby and chat. I don't say you don't have to do it, but let's honor, honor the place. You see what I'm saying? Let's honor what God wants to do. This realm of power, exosia, kratos, deutimus. We always talk about deutimus. We always talk about, we always talk about exosia. We very seldom talk about kratos. Kratos is the power of dominion. It is, it is a power that overthrows all other powers. The realm of power is what we are begging God for right now in this hour. The church needs signs, wonders, miracles, healings. We need the power of God back in our services. And it's setting in a realm for us to tap into. It's setting there right now tonight. Signs and wonders, miracles, healings, all of that. He said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power, the deutimus word, which means the nature of God residing inside of you. That's, that is part of what that power is, that there is a power of transformation inside of you, not just to transform you, but to transform others. There's a, the nature of God inside of you that's, that's metamorphosing you and regenerating you in a constant state of regeneration right now tonight. Do we understand what's working in us is also what's available to us to draw from? You know, it's like we pray for people for healing. Do you realize there's healing virtue setting inside the person? You know how I pray for people? Let the healing virtue that's already deposited inside of them manifest inside of them to heal them. It's, it's in all of us. It isn't just an anointing. It's actually a nature of Christ that's inside of me. And all we got to do is start to stir that up and get that moving. How about the realm of riches? We think about natural riches. What about spiritual riches? You know what he said? He said, I'll meet all your needs according to my riches. Does that mean he's printing money? No. 
That means he has a whole realm of ways to solve and give you what you have need of. He has all kinds of avenues. He has all kinds of plans. He has all, I mean, we're talking about tapping into something that's unlimited. You know, I, I, I pray like this. I mean, God, you can show me where there's a gold bar setting in this ground as I walk by. You can show me. You can show me where riches are at. You can show me how to access some of those riches. You can multiply my, you can multiply things in my hands. You know, I've entered into, I've entered into this realm where I gave all my money away and had it, had it given back to me seven times within five days. Now, I'm not advising that to anybody. I'm clarify that. Okay? But that's what, that's what God told me to do. And I did it. It's like you, you access into that, into that realm, and you know you're in that realm, and it's like I'm going to help others get into that realm. So here, here's that realm of riches. And in that realm of riches is where there's ideas, and there's witty inventions, and there's entrepreneurialism, and there's people starting businesses, not so that they can make money, but so they can give to every good work. You see, that's the realm of riches. When you start tapping into the realm of riches, it isn't for yourself, it's for others. Good example is Elijah and the widow woman, 1 Kings 7 7. I'll give you an example. You know, we talk about blessing. God told me to pray less and bless more. Realm of blessing. Think about the power of blessing that's setting on us as a people of God tonight. To bless, to bless, to bless, to bless. So here's, where, here's Jesus. He takes the fishes and loaves and he blesses them. The realm of blessing. He accesses the blessing that it meets the need by accessing the realm of riches where there's provision and leftover. Two realms are moving in that same moment of time. And he's, he's accessing and he's demonstrating that you can access by blessing and you can access these riches, and you can have an abundance left over. We fed out of a chili pot for three months. We had like 20 people come to our house. Come to, we went to our house, another house. We went to this house. We had this big old pot of chili. It was enough to feed everybody. We feed everybody. We got about that much chili left in the pot. We put it in the fridge, and, the, and we said, well, why don't we just leave it in there, and we'll finish it next week when we meet. We pull it out. It's full. We feed everybody. There's about that much left. We put it in the thing. We did that for three months. The chili never ran out. We were getting tired of chili. But it never ran out. We just kept eating. And we said, well, when God decides he's done feeding his chili, we're done. We'll move on to the next thing. What happened? We accessed the realm of riches. And those riches just happened to be chili that day. I was driving my car. I went to counsel somebody from Iowa to Nebraska. I drove about six hours, drained my tank of gas, and, I, and God said, go, I'll lead you to where they're at. I'll tell you when to turn. So I just went, hopped in my car, took off, and I'm listening, and he's like, turn here, turn here, turn here, there, go up to that house, and I'm walking up to the house, and this couple is just going at it through the walls, and I was there to counsel, do marriage counseling. I do marriage counseling. I get in my car. I look at my car. It's, out of, it's literally out of gas. 
I have no money. I'm sitting in another state. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and that was not when they had any credit card pumps. That was like way back. I asked God, what do I do? He said, just drive home. It'll be all right. Just drive home. So I'm driving home, and my gas gauge is going up as I go. And I pull in my driveway, and it's clear full. I entered the realm of riches because I entered the realm of blessing first. I blessed that couple. I answered the call to bless them with my life. I answered the call to bless them with my time. I answered the call to minister to them, and I got in my car with what, what I had available, and I went to where they were and, and gave them life. And when it was done, then God said, oh, now I'm going to provide for you. Here comes your provision. And I get all the way home, and my tank was full of fuel. I like that. Especially when gas hits $5 a gallon, if it does, you know? The realm of wisdom is the full capacity of all of God's knowledge. It's where the fear of the Lord comes. The mind of Christ comes. Submission to his will comes. It's where things are realigning because revelation is coming. Knowledge is coming. It's like you got inspired ideas. There was a guy that was counseling a couple just last week, and he, he, he understands this. We've been talking, and he entered into the realm of wisdom, and he, God spoke to him things about what to say in this counseling session that was so beyond any understanding, and he literally just got to the core root of everything, and he completely unlocked the whole deal. How many times are we sitting here going through all of these motions and there's a whole realm of wisdom that we need to tap into. The realm of strength, victory, confidence, boldness. What did the early church do in Acts 4? They prayed for boldness. What happened? They got it. Why do we pray for boldness and not get it? Why did they pray for boldness and got it? They entered into the realm of strength. Because they were doing the work and they needed that infusion from God to complete the, the mission that they were on. And then God answered it and gave them that boldness. There's a lot of examples in the realm of glory. I think we all like that, don't we? It's the realm of transitions. It's the realm of transcending. It's the realm where we are moving out of worldliness and moving into eternal. It's, the, it's that realm where there's those seven glories and we're moving from glory to glory to glory. You know what it's talking about? We're moving from honor to honor to honor. God is wanting to honor us in here and honor us over here and honor us here and honor us here and honor us here. And it keeps going. The realm of blessing. Blessing is multiplication, not addition. Blessing is where privileges are released. Blessing is where the Father's blessing comes from. It's where the commanded blessing comes from. There are blessings, you know what a commanded blessing is? It is a blessing from God that once it goes into motion, no matter what you do, he won't take it back. A commanded blessing. And God is wanting us to start to release commanded blessing over ourselves, over congregations, over regions, over territories, over all kinds of things. There's a blessing for obedience. There's a blessing for being in one accord. There's all of these different blessings. And in the book of Acts, you can see this entire pattern 
released through the whole book of Acts. Because you see, God told me that these are these realms that the Son enters into. He started showing me the realms of the Father. The realms of the Father is everything that's created and everything that's sovereign and everything that's providential. And, and the realms of the Father, all of those things around the throne room and and, and it's the frequencies of God and the colors of God and all that creativeness of God. Those are all realms of the Father. And the realms of the Son are different realms. These realms are, are realms that are interacting with us upon here in, in the earth with humanity. And the realms of the Father are more sovereign. They're more like governing everything. And because you see, I'm like, okay, I've got a revelation, but if I don't see it in the scripture, then to me... I don't need to be telling anybody about it. You see what I'm saying? So now I have to go back and say, is there a pattern that I can see in scriptures where I see these realms at, at action unfolding? And I can honestly tell you that I can find it in the book of Acts. And I'll run through it real quick and I'll find an exit plan. How's that? In Acts 1, 1.14, they were in one accord which means there was a realm of honor. Very first realm that opens all other realms was this realm of honor. They were in pl one place. They were honoring God with their lives, honoring God with their passions, and honoring each other in the pursuit of passion. They were in one accord. Hamathumala is the word, which means one boiling passion. Not multiple passions, disjointed. They all had the same passion, the same fire, the same drive. They were honoring each other and honoring the passion in each other. And the realm of honor was open. And Acts 2.1, we see it again. They were in one accord. And the realm of honor is what opened the outpouring. They honored God. They honored each other. They honored the promises of God. They honored the command of God. Wait until you're endued with power from on high. They honored what God said that they were to do. And they did it. And they didn't sit here and try to second guess it. And they didn't try to make it a certain way so it was comfortable for them. They did what God asked of them. And, that, and, that, and then it came. And then here comes what? Here comes this descent down in the glory of God. And the realm of glory starts to come upon the earth. And the outpouring happens. And the Spirit comes. And Acts 2.44, they had all things common. And what did they do? They gave of their substance to, be, to advance the gospel, to advance everything, and the realm of riches was open. In Acts 3, 6, we have the gate beautiful. And you know what happens when he takes him by the hand? He's blessing him. And the realm of blessing opens, which opens the realm of power, and the man gets healed. He gets healed at the gate beautiful. And it says that they wondered, and then it says on down they greatly wondered. And when they wondered, it actually means that, that they were in awe, and they were in amazement, and they were all struck by what they had seen. But when you go down and read the words, and you read the definitions, because I'm a big definition person, when it talks about that they greatly wondered, it actually means they were caught in amazement because an origin point of God had been seen. What origin point of God? This realm of power, this realm of blessing. What God wanted to do as far as bringing blessing into a person's life of regenerating him back to the original intention. In Acts 4.24, we talked about speaking for, for boldness and asking for boldness. And what happened when that realm came in, there was violent shaking. 
And the answer was instantaneous for the church. In Acts 4.33, this realm of power shows up again with signs and wonders. And if you start looking at the pattern that is emerging in the book of Acts, and you start understanding what each of those realms are, you can see that the early church was moving in those realms, accessing those realms, and was a part of their everyday life. And they didn't sit here and just pray and pray and pray and hope and hope and hope and believe and believe and believe. They literally... It was almost, I won't say don't pray and don't believe and all that. They literally stepped over an invisible threshold into something. And they operated out of that back into the earth realm. And it was unstoppable in the earth. Because heaven had, had descended down. Not theory, not theology, not doctrine, not memorized spiel. Not even my own faith. But the faith in what the son said, it was finished, and now you have access, you're seated with me up there. You're no longer seated down here. You're seated in a heavenly place. You see? So all of these realms are available to you. In Acts 4.34, we have the realm of riches. In Acts 5.11, we have Ananias and Sapphira, and we have a situation. And you know what's happened? The fear of the Lord's coming into the church. You know what the fear of the Lord is? The realm of wisdom. Wisdom's coming into the church. Wisdom of God, because it was like, what was Ananias to do? Is it about lying? No, it's not about lying. They were coming against the last realm that had been an open up, the realm of grace and provision. They were literally saying, the realm of God's provision is not good enough to take care of your need. I'm holding back. I'm going to do it my own understanding, my own ability and the realm of wisdom comes and says, well, that's not happening. You're out of here. And then I love what it says right after that. Many did not believe, but many did believe. See, the realm of wisdom starts to make a dividing line in our hearts and in our minds and in the intentions and the motives of our heart because the fear of the Lord starts to divide. And that's where the fear of the Lord is coming in this next thing. You see, we're, we're thinking this next thing's going to be real glorious, and it will be, but there's going to be some real things go on. It's going to be the fear of the Lord where if you've got stuff going on in your life and it isn't right, you're going to, like, wish you had it right. You know? I had a gal just last week, she said this to me. She said, I really got a bad attitude towards some people, and my response was, well, you need to get it right, or I'm going to get it right for you. Because you can't carry that. You can't come into this meeting where we're expecting an open heaven and heaven to descend and carry something in of an attitude like that. How are you affecting the whole? Am I, I'm protecting what God is doing in the whole. I don't want a little cancer to start getting cancerous. I'll cut the thing out. It needs to be cut out. So you deal with your own heart and your own issues. That'll be great. Otherwise, I'm going to have to address it in your life. So all of these realms are setting here. Think about Peter. Peter enters a realm, and what does Jesus say to him? My Father in heaven revealed it to you. You didn't, know, you didn't come to this conclusion in your own accord, Peter. You went into a realm and had a conversation with the Father, and the Father told you about me. You see, these men were accessing into these things, 
and the awakening that's coming to the church that we all talk about and we're all trying to figure out and we're all saying, well, it'll look like this and it'll be like that and it's going to be some healings and there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. Yes, yes, yes. There's going to be the fear of God. Yes. There's going to be the wisdom of God. Yes. There's going to be provision. Yes. All of them are going to be coming because the realms of heaven are beginning to descend into the earth and looking for openings and portholes that know how to manage these things and do these things. And the Lord spoke to me about it when, this was, when I got this revelation. He said the generals that are coming, the emerging generals, because we're in a generational swap right now. Generals are leaving, going home. New generals are coming. He said the generals coming will be the ones that know how to open these realms for people. And the ones that will do the work in the earth will know how to move in the dimensions of these realms. You see, what we've done is we've taught people the dimensions of realms. All these dimensional things that I was talking about, we've taught you, but we haven't told you about the source of where it really is to tap into it. So we're tapping it with promises, and like I said last night, secondary information instead of firsthand experience. And so then my role, like Paul said, my job is that all men would would be able to come into the fellowship of these mysteries. And if you look at Paul's life, Paul fellowship with seven mysteries. The mystery of the church, the mystery of the bride, the mystery of Israel. He fellowship with these different mysteries, and they're through his writings because he wanted people to come into the realm which, which he was getting those things from. And my job, what I'm trying to do this weekend, trying to do with all of you, hopefully doing it, I don't know if I am or not, I, all I can do is give you what I know, hold nothing back from you, is to somehow get you to start to access into these realms, to have firsthand experience as the body of Christ, not relying on my experience, not relying on what I've know, but for you to go search it out, and you go dig it out, and you go, you go grab hold of it and make it your own, and have ownership of it, and you step over these thresholds into these realms yourself and start seeing healing and start seeing miracles and signs and wonders and power and strength and glory and all of these things coming upon you as the body of Christ. See, Paul said, Paul said it was uh, that my role is to lead you into that, not do it for you. You see, the one-man show thing is done. All of this is getting done. This whole, this, this whole dynamic of somebody up, this is all going away. Because God's requiring you as the church, me as the church, us as the body, to grow up. He actually thinks we can do these things. He believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. And he wants us to access things that we've never even thought about accessing because we haven't metanoid our mind yet. So my role, my job, my reason for being here even tonight is to reveal this to you that maybe you'll just go look for it and try to get over into it somehow. Because I'll tell you, if you're disappointed, I'm sorry. This is what God told me to do this year. This is the only message I'm to give. It's the only message that he wants this year out of me. 
is to tell you about realms and tell you about what you can have access to that you're not accessing and to get you to access it, to get you to hunger for it, to get you to look for it, to get you to even consider it, to get you to pursue it. There's people accessing these things right now in America. And they're having unbelievable experiences and fruit coming from it. And I don't want you left out. And I don't want you at the sideline watching everybody go in and you can't go in. I'm trying to give you answers this weekend of how to get there. I have literally three answers for you. One, they're available. Two, metanoia. Pretty simple. And three, have great faith. Don't have faith, have great faith. Have a faith that surpasses, not a faith that just maintains. Have great faith. Maybe I'll talk about great faith tomorrow. Don't you, aren't you just tired of where we've been? I can't take too much more, folks. I'm serious. I can't take too much more. There, there's a reality that I read in my Bible that I have to have. And I have to find the answers of how to get there. And, and, and if I can take you on the journey, I am really happy. But I have to go myself whether you go or not. I have to go. I cannot live anymore like I've been living. Can't do it. I've seen so much stuff in my life, and I can't, and I'm, I got a holy dissatisfaction still setting inside of me because I see us living in a subpar Christianity. I see us living in an institutionalized thing that has stopped us from being and having great faith and being the people of God that we read about and dream about, but we just don't have the guts to be. Maybe we don't have the answers how to get there, but somehow we've got to get there. And all I can do is bring you with what I know, and maybe the next time I'll have more to help you get there. But somebody's got to go on the journey, and somebody's got to unlock this, because, you know, the whole world's waiting on it right now. And God's waiting on somebody that'll just give their life to it and step through this invisible line, whatever that crazy thing is that we seem we can't seem to cross, and cross it finally and not come back. You know, it's like I tell people, Throw me down the well head first, but don't tie a rope on me. You know, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back and live a normal Christian life. I don't, I, that was not how I was created. It's not how you were created. You were created to be very peculiar and strange and do really crazy things. You know, it's like I tell people, you're supposed to be living out there where the nuts grow. You know, that's where faith is. Faith is where your, your reasoning stops and his, his begins. And it's way beyond anything you could ever imagine. You know? How many of you had like provision come in, like in some supernatural way? You entered the realm of riches. God provided for you. I bet you blessed somebody before that happened. You see what happens? That unlocks this. But you see, you're missing this being unlocked because you don't bless nobody. You see, he's, he's aligning us. 
into a kingdom. We talk about kingdom alignment. He's talking about heavenly alignment. Aligning into heaven of what, how heaven functions. That's what I'm trying to say to us. There is a way that we are to function with heaven, not access heaven like as our, as like our bank. Oh God, I need this. Oh God, I need that. It's like, no, I'm going to walk with you in this and enter into those same places with you like Enoch did. Enoch saw things and revealed things and God like, oh my gosh. And he came back to the earth and told people about it. And then Paul saw those same things and he told people about it. And then Paul was trying to get all of his sons and daughters to come into those same mysteries so they could tell other people about it. And that, out, that, that heavenly realm is more real than this realm. If we could peel back this veil and peer in for a moment, you'd be forever ripped open, changed. You know, the last time I was here, I saw angels in the room with trumpets. I was down in Texas in a meeting, and I saw a trumpeting angel standing over the top of the church, trumpeting to the region. I'm constantly seeing these things. And it's like, what, what am I doing? I'm peering into a realm. I'm getting into a realm, and it's overlapping with this realm here. And God's showing me things that I don't, I, I would, a trumpeting angel. Who would ever think of a trumpeting angel? And then a little boy draws me a picture and hands me a picture tonight of a mountain. Says, I'm climbing this mountain of the impossibilities of God being made possible. And he says, you're going to plant a flag on the top of it because you're going to make it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Claw my way up there if I have to. <laughs> Thank you. Please do. Keep pushing me. <laughs> so you see, it's like you got to take all these restraints off of you. All these restraints off of God and get him out of, out of the box that we've built for him. It's like you can only do and move this way. Oh, no. Oh, no. You, you think about what you're going to do when you get out of here? Not leave the meaning, but get out of the earth. You ever think about what's going to happen when you get to eternity? You're going to rule and reign. What are you going to rule and reign when you get there? What has God created for you to rule and reign? You will sit there and pluck some harp on a cloud? <laughs> There's something he has planned for us for all of eternity. And this is the proving ground right now of what we will rule and reign. This is not about getting to heaven. It's about what we're going to do when we get there. That's a whole different perspective again. You see, we're only thinking here, and we're not thinking eternally. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do. We love that. He went into a realm and saw something. Paul saw something. Moses saw something. Moses said, I think I better take the elders with me. They need to see the underside of God. They're seeing the underside of the sea of glass.
He was able to bring them up to that place. This is what we should be doing. Oh, this is challenging. This is what we should be doing as leaders. And somehow we're bringing all of you up to a place where you can see him in a way you've never seen him before. And then say, you can, you can enter into that. See what you can enter in? You can enter in. See what you can get? You can get that. that that's your portion as a son and daughter. That's your inheritance. It's part of your legacy upon the earth of what you accessed into heaven and brought down. It makes you live a whole different way. Perspectives change when you're faced with opposition and perspectives change. I was faced with death two, two years ago, two and a half years ago. And all my perspectives changed about my life and what I was doing with my life and how I was living my life because I saw something in a different way. And I can't live like I've been living. And I can't do the Christianity we've been doing. I just can't do it. I have to do what this looks like here. I have to do this that I read about. And I read this thing in Acts. I'll tell you, Acts about wipes me out anymore because I read about what the early church was like and did. I was like, oh my gosh. And we have so much knowledge and no experience. You know, that's why we aren't doing conferences with speakers. Because you know all we're doing is filling people with knowledge again. We should come here. If we're really serious, we should come here for a weekend and do nothing but tarry and wait on God till we engage into those realms. You know, that, that's some mindset change, isn't it? No, you got to entertain me with somebody up here talking to me. No, you need to go find God. We've lost the art of tarrying. Totally lost it. He said, tarry until you're endued with power. Tarry means you're not asking God for anything. You're just wanting to come be with him. Just sit there and be with him. Oh, I'm getting off. I have to close. What's stopping you tonight? What's stopping you from getting there? We probably do need to baptize heads. What's, what, lim what limitation are you, are you wrestling with that you need to break off tonight? Do you see where you want to go? Do you see what's available to you? Do you want to go there? I mean, I want to go there. If you get there before me, drag me up with you. You know? Someone's got to get there. We got to get tapped in to a whole different way of everything. You know, that has a life-giving flow and a life-giving sound, not just some memorized spiel that we get up here and talk to you every time. It has to have some life in it. It has to, it has to come from the place where there's life. You know, this is not my first, second, third time to Ohio. I, I actually came into Ohio about 20 years ago. And I was doing meetings over in Oberlin. And in that day, there was something on me that I never understood what it was. But I would release things out of my spirit from a very deep place. And it literally would like, it literally would slay the room. Slay the room. I did a meeting that was all fivefold leaders, 
gave a prophecy. My wife can tell you, people were standing at their chairs, shaking, trying to hold themselves up. And when I opened my eyes, there wasn't a single person standing. And I'm not saying that about anything about me. I was accessing something. And that was the effect of how people were responding to that realm that came into that place. And I've had that happen a few times in ministry. And now that I've experienced that in times past, I'm living for that to become a lifestyle somehow. But I want it to be a lifestyle of understanding that others can participate in it. We talk about Finney and how he carried the presence of God and get on a train and everybody's repenting and all these other great men and women of God carrying God's presence in. And you know what all they were doing? They were just carrying a realm with them. And Peter's walking by and his shadow's healing. Why is his shadow healing? Is it the anointing? No, he's carrying the realm of power with him. And it's being loosed out of his physical body and suddenly people are getting healed and they're getting healed and they're getting touched. Jesus is walking around and the woman with the issue of blood says, if I just touch him, if I just reach out and touch him, I'm going to get, I'm going to get healed. And what does Jesus say? Virtue went out of me. He's like somebody's tapping the realm I'm carrying and pulling on this realm. And they, they, they just simply reached out and touched it and they got it because of what was happening. The kingdom of heaven was at hand and it was walking by. And then he says, you're my extension, you're my person upon the earth to be like me, to work like me, to do like me. And, and it's like we're supposed to be carrying not just an anointing, folks. We're supposed to be carrying the very essence of these things as part of our DNA in this hour. Because God can anoint anything. And it'll take an anointing to carry these things. But see, we're settling for something that's less than than, carry, than grabbing the whole fullness of what it really is that we can have. I was preaching in Nigeria. I'm not an open-air guy. We do an open-air meeting. We're doing this. I'm preaching this. I'm preaching on the prodigal son. It was a simple message on the prodigal son. Some kid comes up. He got a tumor the size of a grapefruit. He says, this thing fell off me when you were preaching. He says, what, like, what am I supposed to do with this thing, you know? He said, throw it away. What happened? A realm came down. Realm of power came down. That wasn't anointing. I wasn't praying for nobody for something. Remember I said last night, the little boy with the oil all over his head, just smeared in oil, and he's walking around. What happened? A realm came down of power to heal him. No one was anointed to pray healing over him. Just a realm came down because we set an atmosphere that invited it to come. How would your house be different if these realms were in your house? In your neighborhoods, in our schools? What would our children be like if we were not just teaching them some cute Bible stories, but teaching them how to access heaven? Why are these kids drawing like they drew and my little granddaughter prophesying to people? Why are these things happening and yet we want to go make them look cutesy? And God's saying, I want these little kids to enter into these places with me. They're seeing things that we're not seeing as adults. We got baggage. We're so full of religion. We need all of that gone. It can go like that. 
It's just a decision. How much value does all that hold compared to the glory that he wants to reveal? Such glory. Glorious church. Glorious bride. Victorious bride. Overcoming bride. Overcoming body of Christ. Carriers of God's presence. It's what I dream about all the time. We go out of here and we just tear the world apart. The world has no grip on me, no hold on me, doesn't affect me. I'm affecting it. Who's training who? See, God's presence will do so much. So what holds you back? Let go of it tonight. Fear, let go of it. Limitation, let go of it. Disobedience, correct it. Feelings that I'm not good enough, oh yes you are. Let go of that. Let go of what men have lied to you about. Let go of the lie of religion. Let go of those lies that have whispered in your ear even when you're asleep. Let go of it. Let go of it. Dream. Dream in God. Dare to believe. Dare to press in. Think how far you went. The furthest you ever went in God. And that becomes your starting line. Not your finish line. The furthest you've went in God is not where God says, it's, this is it, and you can't go any further. No, this is where you came to, and I wanted to launch you from there into another thing that's even deeper than that. It goes beyond that. I mean, this is, I'm talking to myself, folks. I got a mirror up here. I'm right with you. I fight the same things you do. I fight the same kinds of battles in the mind. But something inside of me values what God wants to give me that's greater than my own self. I can't let myself be the limitation to what He wants to do. And i got to let go. God's not going to embarrass you. He's not going to shame you. He's going to honor you. Honor you. You know, my heart's desire for you in this room that you leave your mark on this earth and it's not just some little scratch. That it's a deep furrow that's been plowed that people have to stumble over every time they go somewhere. That it carries that kind of depth to it. Where people know that he has been here because of you being here. And when you walk, it's the Christ walking. It's not you walking, it's Him walking. Him walking through you. So I don't know, tonight, what you got to do to let go of it. you got to let go of this, this mindset that you've had that's limited you from so much of God. Yeah. And access into those things that are greater than Father, I say tonight that you would do a work inside of us.
I sense conviction, Father, tonight. I sense the dealing of your hand in hearts. I sense, Father, that you're just ready. And I sense a grace for it all. A great grace. A grace that goes beyond where we've been. So tonight, if, you, if you're struggling, and you want to really, you're seriously going to say, and I'm, I'm just going to really qualify tonight, please, don't come up here because you've been asked to. Don't come up here because you think you need to. Because everybody else is doing it. Come up here because it's a great desire in your heart to come to that next place. That you know God is beckoning you. And you must respond. You must come. You can't live the way you've been living. You've got to come. You've got to live a different way. You just have to. And if that's you, just come. Just come and begin to seek him. Come and just begin to lay your heart upon the altar. Because here's what's going to happen tonight. The Lord spoke to me and he said, As men lay their ministries and make altars of them and lay themselves upon those altars that they make, my fire will come. And God wants to to burn your life tonight with his fire. He wants to purge out those limitations. Father, I release your purging fire to come. You said that we'd be baptized we'd met, in metanoia. We'd be baptized in a new mindset. And Father, I believe those that come are engaging a new mindset tonight. That Father, the fire needs to fall upon them that begins to ignite them in a new pathway to come into higher ways of living and into your realms in heaven and see these things and access them and be stewards of the mysteries and carry them into the earth. And Father, you won't set us a region ablaze until you set a people ablaze for you. And Father, I believe your blaze will come. God, your oil comes upon us that the lamps would burn brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. So, Father, let your fire come as we lay aside all these things that have held us. I release institutionalized Christianity out of your life, the limitations. I say be gone in Jesus' name. I declare metanoia over this. Metanoia. The proclamation of the kingdom is at hand. The realms of God are available for your access. I see a purging in your thoughts tonight. I even see the words iniquity fleeing. Lawlessness, wrong thinking, fleeing. In Jesus' name it goes. 
For I've given unto you these realms, these places, that you could seek my rest and cease from your labors. I have given these things for you and to you as my beloved sons and daughters, that you would know me in new ways and in deeper understanding. I gave these to my son, and my son loved you to give them to you. I see the words greater works greater works because of the greater one it has nothing to do with you it has everything to do with him what would he do through your life I hear the Lord say dream 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 about my glory coming to the earth. Dream. Dream about what I will do with you. Dream. Dream beyond the limitations. Dream past the limitations. Dream. For some I hear, no, your season's not over yet. No, I'm not done with you yet. I say to you, dream again too. Dream again and again. I see the word in this moment, the word splendor. The splendor of God. The splendor of His name. The splendor of His affections. I see the words, the splendor of His approval. You are approved by Him. You are His son and daughter. You are His beloved one. He loves you with an undying love. He loves you with a love that has no limitation and is constantly abounding towards you. And He frees you tonight. He frees you tonight to be who He says you are. 